0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: It's the True Faith Newcastle United podcast. Newcastle got a 2-2 draw at West Ham yesterday to cap off a superb, a season-defining few weeks, five wins two draws at very very tough away fixtures it has been an unbelievable little spell for Newcastle United we're going to talk about that we're going to talk about Newcastle's point at West Ham I'm Alex and I'm joined by Cy, Charlotte and Ben to take you through what happened and why we're on Patreon it's between three and eight pounds a month come and join us and there for loads more podcasts just like this we have got so much lined up for you over this international break before we go back at it against Crystal Palace in a couple of weeks. assignments in James's Park Good point, for Newcastle yesterday, or so, I think. I'm going to ask you guys what you think. So I start with you, mate. Happy with that?
2: You've got to be. You've got to be. Um, it would have been nice to sign off on another win just ahead of the international break, but we can't ask for too much, I suppose. Um, mm-hmm. We were discussing during the game, weren't we, that 15 points from eight sounds really decent from where we were. 12 wouldn't sound great. 13's okay. It's absolutely okay, and I've, I can forgive the lads um, who looked a bit... Um, tired towards the end of that, but yeah, we got to, You've got to be happy with that, um, man. Uh, man City, the only team to have gone to West Ham This season and, and win so far. You know, that's it, not bad. Company to be to be amongst the rest. Uh, West Ham are a good side. They, they've won a European trophy in the last six months. Uh, they've got all the players back fit. They've spent the rice money well by the looks fit on on Kudos and uh, Alvarez. You know, they've got they've sorted out that and Ward Prowse as well. Sorry, so I th- I think that's a good result.
3: Yeah, I agree. I think um, you. Half time would have been super happy with a draw. Yeah. Like at half time, I would, <laughs> I would have snapped my hand off for a draw. It did. It was a, it was a shame to concede the equaliser so yeah. late in the game, and um, particularly after two Isak goals so close together. And it does just feel like, oh, we're, we're back. We're on a run. We're we're, we're going to win. Um, so in that respect, I can understand why people were disappointed. And a lot of people have said it's two points dropped, not not a point gained.
2: Oh, we've thrown away two points. I'll, I'll, we'll get into it, I'm sure. It, yeah, it, you've, you've got to take the draw, but we've definitely thrown away two points.
3: I will. I will probably concede that. But having said that, I, I think with the with the personnel that we had available, with the tired tired legs that we had available, with um, the international break coming up, I just it's it's still an unbeaten. It's still it continues that kind of record, and I'm I'm just okay with it. The form that West Ham are in. I'm not going to lose my head, you know, I'm not going to say that's shit, we're shit, anything like that. I'm sure most people listening aren't going to be doing that either, but I, I, I'm, just, I'm just fine with it.
4: We're shit, it was <laughs> shit. <laughs> nah, um, I, I, I thought it was a bad, bad result. Um, mm. Given how poor, I mean, we obviously watched the game together. Um, I just thought West Ham looked rubbish. We gifted them a goal. Um, I know that they look a, a far better side than kind of they did last season, and obviously, as you say, side they've, they've had a bit of bit of success. Um, but I do feel like this team should be kind of building on what we did last year, and that this is one of those games that I think when it's a tight game, we haven't we didn't play our best? Don't get us wrong. Um, I just think we should be beating that level of performance from West Ham, and I think having gone ahead two one, the massive Isaac chance, as you say, we will get it, new. but I just think. We we shouldn't be <laughs> conceding goals to that team. Um, I, I don't know how they've scored in the end, yeah. and it's just a, it's a frustrating one because as I say, West Ham aren't in our level anymore. They're not on our level, and uh, yeah, it's a it's a disappointing one. I know it's on the road, and, and people say it's a it's a good point and whatnot, but I just think we we if we want to be a uh, top four team contenders, potentially pushing further than that, we need to be going and and, and seeing those games off. So yeah, I was I was pretty disappointed with it.
3: I understand what you're saying, and I, and, I t- and I take that point that we should be going in and seeing those games off. But I, I find it hard to say, like, how are we not building on where we were last year when we beat PSG 4-1, like, four days before that game, like, we're, when we're in the Champions League and we're playing that football. We beat City in the Cup, OK? It, it wasn't even a particularly bad City side, if that such a thing exists. I We are building on what we did last season. Yes, it was frustrating, and I and I get what you're saying, but there's there's so much more going on.
1: Yeah, i, I I'll, I'll disagree with you I mean disappointment's fine in that conceding a late goal in any game and we've conceded a few this season which is not like us is always frustrating and in Premier League away wins against top half sides are so rare that it does feel like you know a, a, you know a, a few more players back in position not caught ahead of the ball or whatever we are all sat here like over the moon absolutely buzzing with one of the great away wins again in terms of coming from behind and I want to talk about that a lot later in the show about how, how much of a positive factor that was in terms of coming from behind like we did. But just in terms of context of results, I do think draw your away games in the Premier League against the top 10 and beat everyone else at home, you're going to be all right. You are going to be all right in this division. And there's there's a danger, Ben, I feel, and feel free to come back to me, of getting sucked into thinking this is the West Ham of last season. West Ham just look like a David Moyes side. They look like a side that will finish between 6th and 8th, uh, they'll have a good run in Europe. They'll mm. do football in the domestic cup competitions, and they'll they'll generally be really hard to beat, particularly at home. So I think a point away from home, considering the PSG hangover factor, which we'll talk about later, considering the the injury list, considering how dig we how hard how deep we had to dig to <laughs> to pull out that point. I think nearly every Newcastle fan would have taken that pregame, and, and you can sometimes get sucked into the events of the match without objectively looking at it and thinking. We've got in, we've got out, we've got a point. See you, Palace.
2: I think you've also got to allow the fact that West Ham, we started that game of us in the league and finished at Love Buffers in the league as well. Um, (laughs) But Newcastle (laughs) came to their stadium where they've only lost to Man City and they set up to contain us. like They respected us loads and they were terrified of what we might do. So they basically tried to write off the first half as a non-event. And all they were relying on was us literally giving them a goal, which we went and did this time. Like On another 10 occasions, you probably don't do that. You get a nil-nil at halftime were then the most likely to win at that point. So the fact that West Ham approached that game the way they did, literally everyone behind the ball, literally letting Newcastle have it all, we're going to sit in our own half the entire game, is is probably, a, a, it's a massive compliment to us. It's a massive compliment to how other teams perceive us now. Look what they used to to PSG and Wednesday, we're going to have to literally hang on for dear life here. So I think we, we, we've we made some terrible mistakes there. Both goals were awful and we'll get into it, but the fact that they were so scared of us and the way they set up, is kind of a compliment. And like you say, Dodds, you, you probably take a minimum of a draw in these games and, and you move on and, you, and you, you've got to be okay with it. I,
4: I, I take all that and I, I don't disagree with it. I just think the that that point there <laughs> infuriated more and that they didn't even try and win that game. <laughs> like they've literally set up to stop us. So how do we concede two goals yeah. against that set up? And that t- it's just, it's a frustrating one to to... I think it's, as I say, it's kind of a state of where we are as a team at the minute that we're not quite clicking kind of in all phases yet. And it, it's still early in the season, we'll, we'll get better. Hopefully we'll go on a good, great run. But I just think that was a, a, a massive opportunity to kind of steal a game having not played very well mm. and we were in a position to do it and somehow <laughs> we've not been able to see it off when West Ham basically, as you say, waved the white flag for, for eighty. Eighty minutes, whatever it was, and <laughs> and then next day somehow snaked two goals out of it. I just yeah, it's frustrating one.
3: They're set up to to contain us, but they're also set up to exploit any kind of mistake or fatigue, and that's exactly what it did. yesterday. both of those goals were fatiguey, stupid mistakes, weren't they? They're really irritating as a fan goals to give away. But that's that's it. I don't know. I'm not. I'm definitely last, not last
1: point. They've done it without a strike on the pitch as well. <laughs> We are going to get into this game and we'll talk about that West Ham's low block and and all that kind of stuff. But I do think it's worth just repeating, particularly in part one of the show here, how good this international break to international break period has been. Let's not forget, we finished the last international break after that. Kind of, it was only 3 1, but seemed like a much heavier defeat against Brighton at their place. We didn't have any answers. we, We didn't match them physically. It just didn't look like us. There were questions. Mainly from people outside of the, the fan base, a few inside, but you always get that. Mainly from outside of the fan base, about are Newcastle Good was last year a fluke? Was it because of the failure of others? Are we, you know, are we going to be able to cope with Champions League? We've got how are we going to cope with Milan and PSG as well as the Premier League, which we seem to find so difficult? All of those questions have gone, in my opinion. I think the rest of the country, the fans, majority of of us, I think, knew it anyway. But the rest of the country are under no illusions now that the Newcastle United side are back. They are they are still missing many key individuals and many key players, and we're going to get better and better. And this is a team that kind of relies a little bit on momentum and confidence, and we have it in spades now. And there were so many pleasing aspects about yesterday for me that feed into all of those things. I just think it's been a, such a good run of seven games. Like, give me that run for the rest of my life. It was <laughs> it was so, it was so good, wasn't it? Like, if I think about the last few weeks, it's been nonstop. We we were in Milan, and then we went to Sheffield and oh, you're going to be too tired for Sheffield United and then Manchester City at home and then Burnley and, and, and PSG, and they've just navigated every single step with absolute superiority, confidence, elegance, brilliance. I just think we shouldn't be too quick to gloss over because you can do that in football sometimes. You always think about the next game, very Eddie Howe, think about the next game and the next game. But in fact, the last what month has just been one of the great months, in my, in my opinion, supporting the class United. I don't know if anyone else agrees or disagrees.
3: I agree I agree I was I was nervous I was really nervous looking at that fixture list looking at how many games are we to play and then on top of that the injury problems that we've we've had and had to navigate and um, navigate is the word of the day apparently and um we've come out of it with more points than I thought we would top of the group of the of uh, our Champions League group and and like you say, with a load of momentum and confidence behind us, now is a time to kind of re regenerate, recoup, re-whatever. Renavigate. Uh, yeah, re-navigate. Why not? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and just sort of like, yeah, come back against Crystal Palace and
1: smash them into smithereens. Give me a minute. We'll leave it there for part <laughs> one of the show then. Uh, there's some adverts coming up. If you want to get rid of the adverts, handle me even referencing them. Sign up to our Patreon platform for the the 3 pound and month tier. Uh, We'll see you or speak to you
0: again after these ads. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Part two of the show, I really want to talk about the importance of coming from behind yesterday. I referenced earlier in the show about Newcastle's issues at Brighton, but also, in fact, I'll take you through all three defeats. Um, you know, Manchester City at half-time I'm stood in your away and thinking, surely we've got to give them more of a game in the second half. Surely we won't stand off them as much. Surely we'll test the goalkeeper and test the goal. It didn't happen. Against Liverpool, we get their 1-0 against 10, and we think surely second half there has to be some of the intensity that we witnessed in the first half, 11 v 11, surely there has to be more goals, more shots, more ingenuity, more, uh, you know, options to, to, to extend the lead. It didn't happen. And then everything went disastrously wrong and against Brighton at halftime. One nil down, we started the game. Okay. In the second half, you think surely it can't be as easy for Brighton to create chances to play through us. And it didn't happen. Now, I actually thinking back to all of the games in this period, West Ham yesterday at halftime was the first time we've actually been behind in a game we took the lead in all of those other games apart from the Milan game which we drew nil nil and therefore we found ourselves at half time in this kind of kind of scary position of well once again surely we can't be as passive surely we can't be as weak in attack surely we can't be as um soft in defense physically and surely we're going to do more with the 70% possession that we had in the first half and we emphatically answered all of those questions and I believe Howe did something he didn't normally do he sent them back out early for the second half very rare for Eddie Howe to do that to any castle side and to me it was just it was just a complete um it was almost a reminder to the lads of how good they are and how superior they are it was like West Ham are scared of you lads like they're not putting tackles in they're not pressing high not particularly putting you any pressure out why they're letting you cross the ball into no one and front spelling the first half Elliot Anderson as a center forward (laughs) that was weird Um, but second half you had so many men in the box you had the fullbacks pushed ridiculously high. It wasn't just Kieran Trippier. Dan Byrne is almost playing as a striker yeah. when you are in possession <laughs> and going through the phases. It was just, I just loved it. I just loved everything about it. I loved the boldness of it. It was, you know, very easy to say for Eddie Howell there, very easy to say, okay, lads, that, was, that wasn't that was great first half. I need you to keep it tight for the first 10, 15 minutes before we'll bring on some subs and we can really try and get an equaliser on 60, 65, try and get to 80, at least in the game, and we'll go from there and, and, and go for it. But it was none of that. It was, you're better than them. They are they, David Moyes called Newcastle one of the best teams in Europe. They are behaving like that in the first half. You are not. Mm. Go out there and show us what you can do. And I thought there were so many good performances second half. We're going to talk about some of those performances. But I, th- I believe that uh, it gives me a lot of confidence for the rest of the season. And, and we're going to come and talk about it in, in a second after my point here. But about how Newcastle dealt with a side, a good side that played a low block that were happy to give Newcastle possession because a lot of conversation around other clubs going into this season was, yeah, what Newcastle did was was good last season. Yeah, there were were good sides in Jim's Park crowd behind them, some good players there, but they can't break you down. Leicester City proved that. Leeds United proved that. A few other sides proved that last season. Teams that actually put the effort in Crystal Palace proved that. Teams that put the effort in to get men behind the ball and be happy with a point, Newcastle don't have an answer. Well, we had an answer yesterday, even though we didn't win the game. We scored two. We could have scored more. Probably because I scored four or five in reality. And I just feel like it was it was one of those games where, although we would, didn't win the game, and my point would maybe be easier or more convincing had we won the game, but I just feel like the ability to turn the screw in the second half and put to the sword, even though we didn't win the game, a West Ham side <laughs> who hadn't looked, hadn't looked at all vulnerable defensively looked like they couldn't cope with us. And that ability to flick a switch, we saw that against Manchester City in the cup game as well, as well by the way. How was getting these... Team talks, right, in the second half tactics, right, when things haven't gone to plan. And in terms of improvements from last season, that's one of the most important things I feel we had to do this year. And yesterday was ample uh, evidence of it for me. Really, really positive. Anyone want to come in?
2: No, I couldn't agree more. M- making four to five clear-cut chances away at West Ham is massive progress, like you say, against a side that have improved on last season and finding... Not just finding gaps, not just finding half chances, like really breaking through them, really breaking through the lines. So some unreal balls to, to Isaac, which we were awarded for. Burn should probably score twice, uh, certainly at least once. At uh, One nil at both ends, he, he has a header. If that guy could direct a header, man, he'd be on like <laughs> double figures. Uh, and of course, Isaac should have scored the the um, a goal that would have won the game as well. So creating five clear-cut chances away from home in the Premier League after playing Champions League midweek is is massive. You can't concede two goals where we did, though. It's the only reason we didn't win the game is conceding two absolute pulling goals. Can I just... Pull
1: you up on something. Is the second one that bad?
2: It's just, I, I it's just feel like strike. it's
1: unfair to, the, to lump it in with the first.
2: Maybe, maybe, no, the first one's poor. It's particularly poor because everyone involved, well, yeah. You know, um, Pope, uh, it has a mayor, obviously, but then Lascelles was awful, just jogging back Cher. gets them, and Shares just where the hell Cher? <laughs> but even Trippier, who's pointing Lascelles back towards Girl, it's like, well, actually, he's on the man, just let him deal with it. But anyway, um, the second one, and you're gonna love this, Ben Anderson and Longstaff just do the stupidest thing and, and <gasps> decide to press. At the, in the 89th minute, to press the centre half, it's like, lads, mm. nah, don't yeah. do that. Right back was left unmarked, goes to right back. Bruno then has to, he's pulled out of position and leaves Kudos. Kudos. Kudos, unmarked. Tonali's too far away, he can't get over it. The yeah. whole thing was a shambles. Like, it's a really bad goal to concede.
4: It's, it's, the, game, it's the game management at that yeah. point, Why, where he is going, lads. Like, especially because it was a case of obviously West Ham falling behind, had, had a bit of a run around centre half. You were thinking they they're not going to score here. Like this is you don't the, need to in press the them there. Yeah, mm. if we block in, like yeah, well, it's going to take a wonder strike. And I mean it's a good strike, but how he got so much time? And that's the, the point you you spot on. on midfield just disappear, being playing far too aggressive. And I just think it's bad. It's a bad decision from those players if they've been told to press at that point. I don't I don't get it. If they've just made bad uh, kind of decisions themselves. You've you've got to learn from that a lot quicker, lads. And I just think, what, what was their plan? Like, even if we win the ball back, like where we did, I don't know. I just I don't I don't get why they were pushed so far up. And as you say, then tanali has got to try and get across, and he's probably not expecting the lad to hit as good a strike as he does. And I, I question Pope as well to get beaten kind of from from that shot as well. But I, I just yeah, I just think it, that that you they should you, you shouldn't be allowing a shot like that far out on the edge of the box. That, that, that feels harsh.
3: To
2: answer your question, Dodds, yes, that second goal is lumped in, <laughs> and it's <laughs> why we didn't win Not
1: not for me. I think first of all, you have to allow the opposition to do good things at times with good players. I think Eddie Howe was so honest in his yeah. post-game press conference that the, 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 the players were just done. You look at West Ham. I've got a point. Which is even more reason why they sprinting <laughs> sixty yards
4: <laughs> up the pitch, then but just sit in
1: and rest, lads, and stop <laughs> them from getting shots on target. Moyes has yeah. influenced that game from the bench. We, we can't influence the game from the bench. Wilson's yeah. not fit. Everyone, a lot, lot of people will assume Newcastle's issues in the first half in terms of the lack of striker because Isak get, gets out, pushed out left and Alisson goes through the middle. Of that well, Wilson is the natural um, solution to that. Eddie House, he's not fit enough. He, sh- he shouldn't have been on the bench, yeah, really. He's, he's come on, he would not have come on if Alexander Isak had not said, I have to come off. And this is the thing about the, the number of games that we had. And you, you know, what you are saying in terms of perfect football analysis about what a player should always do in, a, you know, in, a, in an ideal scenario, I agree with you. But those players played against PSG majority. I mean, did the whole team play against PSG? Is it mm-hmm. Anderson? One I mean, change I mean, yeah. to One change to because yeah. Gordon was suspended. Yeah. And then nearly that whole team played against Burnley, who also played against Man City, in large parts. And then they played before that against Sheffield United, and then a large part of the team were like. It just And how, how, again, how normally, you know, he's, he's a pretty guarded guy, when he says basically there was an emotional hangover, that explains the first half performance, and that was below the, the standards that they set themselves, very honest of them, and second half, they were basically running on empty at the end, and it's like, it's as much like mental fatigue, I think, as well as the physical stuff, where we're 2-1 up, we've been absolutely brilliant, we should be further ahead, and yeah, should Anderson and Longstaff be deeper in playing with the rest of the lads, I agree, but I just don't think it's like this horror show goal. I think you've got to give credit to West Ham. Got to, I don't blame Nick Pope for it. No. Credit for the strike. He, he. Moyes had options on the bench that were able to get them back into the game. If we'd had Bartman, Willock, Barnes, Joe Linton, Joe Linton Will, and a fit Callum Wilson, Newcastle, probably, probably or possibly put a scoreline on the board that they did That's back cool. in the last season, considering the domination, how West Ham couldn't handle the second half... So you, you know what, lads, you, you're right, Newcastle should do better and shouldn't concede the goal, but there are so many excuses almost or reasons why it's happened. I just don't feel like we need to get... that We don't, we don't have to think, well, those lads don't know what they're doing or those lads must do better in the future, they will do better in the future. Sean Longstaff, God bless him has probably run about, you know, 40 miles in the past... That's what and I mean. sure what just in spare time. Don't need runners for me. Just chill. Like last five minutes do. Chill out. But that yeah.
3: mental fatigue is the, is a massive part of it. Like you make worse decisions when you're knackered. You you don't remember instructions when you're knackered. Like I know it's their job, but that mental fatigue is is why weird decisions like that happen in like the 89th minute or the 88th minute. You you just you're so close that the finish line is just there, and you. Yeah, you, well, why don't we go, why don't we go for a press now? Like, I I, I get it's, it. it.
4: It's like what what a maybe, maybe they were told to do it. I'm mean, that's We don't know that they, they might have been. I said doubt it. going. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, no, they <laughs> might have been said one year's go and press it, and maybe hey, go you know, mean? tenders
1: on the side. Like, get out of him, get <laughs> out of you know, it, <laughs> it Doesn't, doesn't seem much. Like Newcastle like it. in the nineties minute, bring on Matt Target. That's how like how's got a whole lot yeah. Target or Richie yeah. to turn to, and sometimes you just have to be like, okay. Well West Ham left where, yeah, West Ham. Dream. <laughs> have, have <laughs> options there to influence the game from the bench that we just didn't have because of the injury crisis, because of the number of games we played. You're right to analyse, and that's what we're here to do, analyse. But ultimately, I feel like Howe's comments post-game on fatigue, they must be so fucking tired of it. if Howe is admitting not, to it. Yeah.
3: Yes, I would, that's exactly what I was going to say. If he's saying they're tired, they must be like zombies. Because, <laughs> he's like,
4: a notorious liar, though.
3: Yeah, he's, he's a notorious <laughs> down player. I don't know if he's... A, well, yeah, he said he'd like never met Livermore or something, didn't he? Anyway, never mind.
1: Who? No, but your, your point, I, I agree with you, Charlotte. Oh, I just I just, I just feel it, it's an important conversation to have for what happens next as well, by the way, because we now don't have an international break to, you know, bookend of tricky run of fixtures. Now we have, you know, when we get back, we have Palace, we have Wolves, we have, we have Man United, we then have another fixture. We then we play Chelsea at home, Arsenal at home, Manchester United at home in a, in a month period with Dortmund home and away, Milan and PSG away, like, it's going to be really, really hard. And I think how was saying what he says yesterday as much to kind of make supporters in particular aware of the challenges to come. And Mm. you might see some goals conceded where you're like, why is this play inexplicably pressing when his teammates are dropping off? Or why why can Tonali not get across quicker? Or all of these things. There are explanations for them. But again, it just speaks to, like, in how's wildest dreams, I don't think he th- he thought they'd do five and two in that seven-game run and, and hardly concede a goal. And then, you know, the two goals at West Ham we've talked about, it's just unbelievable. But, um, Ben, let's come to you. You know, a lot of people, including me, which I articulated in part one, thought that Newcastle did really well against West Ham's low block, but you, you're not convinced. I just,
4: th- I mean, to be fair, you're right, we have created some good chances. I just thought first half... Um there we, weren't really the clear cut chances I know you said Burn has a header but um, I felt like we struggled to adjust to what they'd set out and I, I can't imagine that it's kind of <laughs> new to them now because we've played it so many times um, I'm a little bit concerned that they 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 can't play kind of through um, teams and whether that's because technically they're not good enough I mean there was a few there was a few moments where kind of would get into dangerous positions and there was a bad touch or a bad pass or whatever I mean that even passes through Anderson one where he tries to play it over Trippy, and Trippy's not even made the run and it it was just kind of I I, I don't really know what what the answer is but um for a a side as we say who are are very good I expect more kind of ingenuity I guess in the team and I suppose when you look at the team we've got Bruno is brilliant at it He, he he finds passes that nobody else does and maybe it was he wasn't kind of adventurous enough to try and play those passes um I think there's an element of Gordon missing. Like Gordon's a huge part yeah, of this attack I didn't now. Gordon with yeah. the rest of players. We're, we're missing Gordon. We're having Anderson out there that that hasn't played a huge amount of football at this level. Um, but I just thought it all looked a bit disjointed. That the whole Tenali axis that we, people keep going on about, and I, I think he's been a bit harshly kind of um, treated in terms of some of the analysis that he's, he's had in terms of the games. I think he's playing well. It's just he's not quite clicking in terms of being able to get into great positions and, and, and play balls into players, which he's capable of doing. You don't haven't really seen that. I mean, I don't think he's got an assist for us yet, has he? Um, and he's a he was a kind of a ball-playing midfielder. And, kind of and then... There. Yeah. And then you've got... Um, I, 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 I don't know. I, I, when you look at the second half, how we completely adjusted to that and we started getting the ball out wide, we looked so much better in the second half. I was just frustrated that we didn't kind of adjust on the fly a bit quicker in the first half to to go and put that team to the, to the sword because you're right, they're, they're a much improved team from last year. They're playing much better. They've got a proper... I mean, they play basically two-holder mids and and kind of don't... Re- and then the wingers, they don't really push out too far. Um, so it's hard to play against. But, I mean, as I say, if if we're wanting to kind of go on and, and, and build on last year, and we were saying it, and we are doing that, but I think we need to get better at finding solutions to these quicker because we're going to come up against better teams that all will kind of hurt us i think um a a bit of credit due
2: for for still finding those chances with all those players missing though i mean anderson bless him he's played in like six different positions already this season Mm. including up front for a period in that first (laughs) half but you know he's he's, if you think about it your barnes gordon joe linton willick would all start in that position ahead of anderson if they were available so he's fifth choice on the left-hand side. And I thought he played well. I thought he did a good job. He was involved. He was trying to make things happen. It's just not naturally. I don't think he's a left-sided forward. He just was the only remaining player who we could put there. And he did a really good job. Um, I think the same, the midfielders, uh, you know, you'd like to have rotated that a bit more through these fixtures, but you haven't been able to because of Joe Linton and Joe Willock being out the whole time. So um, it's just kind of, you've got to give credit to the lads that have made, make do what they have. I thought Miggy was quiet yesterday, but again, that's probably part of the fatigue. When, 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 When Bruno's playing those passes, Maggie's not fine in the end of them this time and it's again I, I everything you've said before does about it, I agree with I think it's absolutely fair uh, on the on the face of it analysing those two goals they were poor but I totally forgive it for, for everything you've said but um, in terms of what we did going with the ball and breaking teams down I thought we'd considering the players missing that's the best I've seen us do it in that circumstance where the other team is literally trying to stop the entire game
4: I think the, the just the last part I would say is I think we don't move I suppose my Frustration is, is we don't move the ball quick. We don't transition quickly enough, I think, at times. And we're very quick, and we've said it in previous games, we're very quick when we get into a dangerous position. It's almost like we think, right, we'll just keep the ball and just recycle it. And we, we play rather than trying to play um, riskier pass or more dangerous cutting pass. We, we opt for the easy pass and, and go backwards or sideways. And I just think there was times yesterday where we, we could have played a more direct pass and play it a bit quicker and just get bodies forward and move it a bit quicker. And I'm not saying I want that all the time. And as you say, the fatigue thing comes, out, there's loads of excuses why they won't do it. I just think we don't, it's it's kind of a, it's, it's something I want to see this team be able to develop and use, because I don't think we use it enough at the minute.
3: And do you not know, think that's partly about the people we've got on the pitch though? Those riskier passes you might try if Gordon's on the pitch or those riskier passes you might try if, I don't know... I don't know. someone someone else. I don't wanted. think
4: we've done it with them. On this. this okay. So I'm not just talking not about yesterday. Okay. I'm just saying. Like I, I suppose this is a point, kind of almost so far what I've seen of this season, as well as yesterday. But
1: okay. I think
3: it's a
4: common
1: theme I've seen.
3: Okay, understood.
1: Well, I, I would say then, you know, like I said earlier, that is the gauntlet thrown down in the castle this season. That there, there was a way to stop them last season, and you know, we could, you know, thinking back to all, a lot of those games where. Although Newcastle probably deserved to win the game, they didn't create the chances they, they wanted to. Everything that you referenced there, Ben, I think Eddie Howe had an answer to at half time. So in terms of, of, of the more difficult ball, you know, Bruno Gomares to Kieran Trippier, yeah. the run, the touch, the timing, the cross, the finish, that's all really hard. And yeah. so they are, they are capable of it and they did do it. Yeah. And I think switching Tonali at half time yesterday to play right, West Ham d- couldn't deal with Newcastle's right side of mm-hmm. Trippier, Tonali.
3: That's where the goal came from. Um,
1: Almiron yeah um so it it they, they do have the solutions i know what you're saying first half you can't, football fans are weird and i'm weird <laughs> because it's you like you'd rather you'd rather see your side kind of get battered and smash and grab sometimes than have sterile dominance like mm-hmm. there's nothing pisses football fans off more than sterile dominance where you've got 73 percent of the ball and you don't have a shot on target and that's really frustrating at the same time like we we keep saying but i think it's worth reiterating West Ham have one shot and one goal in the first half, and, and all I've heard about is how well West Ham managed the game in the first half. Well, you know, that, that again, it, it, but it's the smash and grab aspect of it. West Ham winning happy, oh, we're playing great here, when instead you're not getting close to Newcastle. Yeah, you're holding them at, at arm's length, but as soon as Newcastle make a couple of tactical tweaks or decide to up the tempo, then you can't deal with it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. in terms of analysing this game, I feel like Newcastle have actually dominated this game, but the 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 discourse today in the national media has been fair result type thing. Good, you know, two good sides. Whereas West Ham have hardly laid a glove on Newcastle. Mm -hmm. Um, Although again, they could have won it in the 90th minute when Nick Poe pulls off a really underrated save. Mm -hmm. That doesn't really get talked about because you couldn't really see it very well on TV. And then all of a sudden it almost doesn't matter as a save because that's how football works. We're going to move on to part three, couple more adverts coming up uh, after this. Speak to you soon. This is the story of the one.
5: Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.
1: So part three of the show, I want to yeah, my colleagues talk up some of Newcastle United's star performers. Friends, even <laughs> star performers yesterday. Charlotte, there's only one place to start, and I think we have to start with Newcastle's leading goalscorer this season, Alexander Isak.
3: Alexander Isak, that's right. Yeah, I just um, I, I almost want to discount the first half because, we, as we've talked about, there wasn't a lot that there, there's there loads to analyse there, but there weren't a lot of chances. There was mm. a big chance, um, but Newcastle weren't really creating anything. We had all of the ball and no not, nothing going forward. Couple of tweaks at halftime, whatever fire was put up, the asses of the players, um, by Eddie Howe, Mad Dog in the Changing Room. I am desperate to know, by the way, what the halftime team talks have been like this season because there's been so many games that are oh, these like very much games of two halves, even though I hate that. Um But um Alexander Easton, Yes just so firstly just buzzing for him that he's, he's on the score sheet um secondly gutted for him that he can't get that hat trick <laughs> that's just against Eddie House um I don't know ma- mantra that's not what i mean but you know what i mean um i thought he was excellent yesterday i think he's um and again sort of discounting the first half a little bit um and i'm sure ben will come in but i think i just i, I really enjoy watching him get into space and even for that possible third goal he just he collects the ball. He's got so much speed on him. Um, he he gets into into positions and spaces that it was a for his first goal. It was just this lovely feed from it was Trippier wasn't it? well. It was actually an assist from West Ham. Alvarez, Alvarez, beautiful <laughs> <helmet>. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah <it> was <laughs> straight to the feet of. He uh, um, could teach Dan Burn a thing actually. <laughs> <laughs> Start heading um and he's just he's just in that perfect position alvarez obviously thinks like oh I've cleared it brilliant and then just looks up and then esax like just smashing it home and then um and then his second goal he does with like the inside of his foot um like it's just it's just really intuitive it's really lovely to watch and uh, i'm just uh, yeah I, I don't know i could just sing praise his praises all, all afternoon however i'm sure ben you don't
4: no, 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 I mean, I'm, I'm, I wasn't aiming to come in and have a go at him. I mean, to be honest, you're right. The, the two finishes are class. Yeah. Like, they're really, really first good. First one needs more appreciation. Oh, sorry. It's, it looks easy. It's a great to touch. Just, it's, like, it's the first touch. It's ever. a bullet header, and, and he's got such a good touch. Um, and then the second one, I mean, the, the ball from Trickery is incredible, isn't it? It's just such a good ball from goal. from Bruno is great, the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, it's mm. such a good goal. Um, and he's just nonchalantly just flicks it in, and it's, it's a ball that probably most... Players would miss, like we see it all the time. That kind of brilliant ball across, and yeah. nobody gets on the end of it. Well, Roy to stick it away and has the touch and technique to do it. He's a brilliant player.
3: It's the second one that he thought they thought was offside, right? And no, was the first, first one. Was. I keep mixing them up. I did this on our instant reaction. They probably well. thought
4: both of them were blasted were there. They weren't. It's but, just,
3: it's just this sort of like looking over, but just I don't know. It's, just, it's just the confidence of it. It's, it's something we really, really needed
4: in this day and age. With this far, uh, who knows? But I mean, anyway. It. That's a discussion for another day. I, th- I think just my, my um, kind of frustration was, I think that it was probably born out of the first half. And I think we get him into the game much better in the second half. And a lot of that is to do with Kieran Trippier playing far more kind of aggressively, getting up, up the wing and kind of exploit, almost exploiting the fact that West Ham were happy to give us the wide, uh, wide spaces, as you said. They, they played that low block, but very narrow. And it was almost like we didn't, we didn't utilise it enough in the first half. Um, and I think what you saw with with this act was, um, and again, it'll come down to the fact that he hasn't played with Anderson on the left. I, I expect more out of Miggy, um, but just things aren't quite clicking, and I just think we're we're not getting <laughs> enough out of him. This is probably the worst game to kind of pick pick this point up because obviously he scored two goals and should should have had a hat trick. <laughs> but it's just it's a common theme that I'm saying, and it, I, you saw it in the first forty five minutes. We just don't seem to have a way of getting him into games unless it's like world-class crosses from the wing almost. And um, I, I, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned that the kind of the link up between him, I mean, we've seen it in games before where he's dropping deep and he was trying to do it yesterday. He, it's almost like he, kind of, he feels wasted and he's like, I'm class lad. Frustrated. Give me the ball. Yeah. I can like rinse all of these lads like on my own yeah. and just give us the ball at the feet. And we don't, we don't get the ball to him enough. And I don't know whether that's because, again, the way we play, we don't play quick, direct transition football. And I suppose that's where my point from the previous part comes into it is I, I want to see us like unleashing Isak kind of 1v1 or 1v2 more often. We don't see that in games at the minute. And I think we're wasting a huge like asset. He he terrifies every defender. Like, if, if he gets the ball in the feet and you're marking him one-on-one, God, you'd be having nightmares about it like for weeks beforehand right, knowing he's coming up because he's so good. And you saw how easily he was rinsing um, Sufal, Kufal, whatever he's called if the footwork he's got is incredible yeah. and i just i love to see the bloke on the ball and we don't see enough of it in my opinion
3: i think that's about support isn't it though it's it's not it's not about him and his skill it's about the support given to him by the rest of the team and it's about people being in position when they should be in position including him but it like if he's being marked by two or three west ham players he can't get up the pitch as as, as quickly as as needed then he's not there. But then he's not getting crosses sent over to him because he's also, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it.
1: It's really interesting that in the first half, Howe decides to move Isak left and play Elliot Anderson as a as an <laughs> emergency striker through the middle. The region. false I turn, or is yeah. it, <laughs> it? Emergency striker. Yeah, well, uh, it was kind of last for us all. And like you say, Ben, the only time Newcastle got a get a bit of traction in the first half is down that left side when Isak starts rinsing players. Mm. And then all of a sudden... Uh, we do kind of create the space and the ball starts going in the box and there's only either Elliot Anderson there (laughs) or no one there right um maybe that leads to West Ham's slight switch second half to basically just give up the wings um and you know Isak hasn't an an impact that way but you are right that there is there are thoughts when Newcastle struggle Isak seems kind of out of games or we struggle to get him in or, or, or utilize him but again they just found a solution yesterday, yeah. and that's what's pleasing. So si.
2: I want to say that West Ham probably look at that game before it and go right. Isaac, he's the one we've got to look out for, and then they come off the pitch and go. He scored twice. Like <laughs> <laughs> that was had one job, lads, <laughs> to stop him at scoring, and he scored twice. I think that's a credit to him. I know, I know exactly what you're saying, man. We don't, we don't seem to trust him enough. Just, just sometimes, just giving the ball, you might have a man close to him, but his, his touch is good enough. Sometimes it's going to come off, but we don't. We almost never try that we never try him defeat we never try and just with his back to go see what he can do it's kind of waiting for him to make a move but when he's crowded out that's not going to happen and mm. you're probably right you need a bit more from miggy and i'm going to give anderson a free pass because it's not a natural mm. yeah, position yeah, yeah. necessarily but they're not pulling defenders away or, or making more space so the fact that Isaac managed to get on the score sheet twice yesterday is even more credit to him right. and it, it also down to the fact that we did start to work out how to do that in the second half and it also comes when you're talking about confidence i mean that first-time volley cross from Trippier. Like, there's, there's better players than him who play up front or in, in front threes who will take a touch there and let the defender come and close him down. Now nah, I'm just going to hit it straight first time. that He's act like, that doesn't happen in most football matches. Like, how
4: good was that cross? Quick quick question on that. Could we see a Livermento-Trippier right side in future? Because <laughs> I don't see many... I mean, that's better mask that, like, the way Trippier's second-half performance there. Mm. You don't need to be rinsing players down the line... Just put
1: unbelievable um, um, world class crosses from the right. The amount of times one, the right? amount of times I hear people <laughs> wanting to move our best player, Kieran <laughs> Trivia, from his position. drives Minus, play him on the left, to bring the no. Kieran <laughs> Trivia is the best right back in the world. Imagine how many there.
4: goals would score though, Dods.
1: I don't care. We'll, we'll win every game five four. It doesn't matter <laughs> we'll be conceding loads. So you want to talk about Bruno?
2: Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure I said the exact same words last week, but he's back. <laughs> he's, <laughs> got back. Contract, he? he's got yeah. a new contract, did not he? got a new contract. Yeah, well-timed. But uh, yeah, if we're talking about what worked in the second half, it was Bruno again. And yeah, we uh, you mentioned it, Ben, with Miggy. Some of those one-twos were still coming off and he was still trying them, but he's, he's just such a hungry player again. In a game where, and I've probably got to bring Tonali into this this point as well, is that, that when, when teams are getting in and we've tr- tr- um, struggled for so long, to break them down we start to see those lads working and moving the ball quicker and doing what what bruno's here to do like no one can pass the ball first touch boom as quickly as bruno can Tonali's probably the only other player in that team that's meant to be doing that. that's why we signed him mm-hmm. because we couldn't break these teams down because our midfield was too slow moving the ball well they were both in there and maybe again it's at half time is that how are lads are good enough to do this why aren't you doing it and they did and yeah i think bruno Lucky to be on the pitch, maybe, maybe. Um, you know, he's probably lucky that the second foul came so soon after the other. Um, if they're further apart, you might get a second yellow. But he's hungry. He's the one when everyone else seems quite content with just passing the ball side to side. He's getting really frustrated. He's getting annoyed, and he's trying things. And you said um, playing a bit more high risk. Ben, he's the only one that really does it, especially mm-hmm. first half. And then sometimes we give away the ball, and maybe, maybe as supporters, that groan that comes from giving away the ball from a from a stray pass needs to, needs to stop because. Mm-hmm. We want him to try that. We want him to yeah. try killer balls. We want him to try and break teams down because they're going to do this now uh, and we need to be taking some risks and just trust it. we lose the ball, the lads at the back can get it back and we try again rather than I'll keep the ball, play conservative, which doesn't work. So I think Bruno playing and being back to his usual self is critical for us to continue to get points in these games.
1: Totally agree. I think, I think we're seeing the best of him. I think we saw a player yesterday, he basically couldn't commit a tackle, second yeah. half. You know, players are supposed to get worse in that situation, but he took risks, he pressed hard, he directed play. The ball to Trippier is brilliant. Mm. And Trippier's genius can only be recognised because the ball is so perfect to him in the exact right area. It, it, it You know, we're, we're back to that position where other Premier League teams look at him and think, I wish he played for us. Mm. And, you know, new contract signs, very strange video we released, but <laughs> fair, fair play to him, uh, each to their own in terms of your signing video to replicate an old computer game. Um, <laughs> but he now looks like the Bruno that we signed again, and he looks clear of injury, which is important. Like you say, Si, I don't want to spend too long on these things, because did Newcastle get lucky not to be down to 10 men? Yeah. They got unlucky when the ball hit Sven Botman's arse and went through to Darwin Nunes in the 81st minute against pool. Shit happens in football. You've just got to react to it, so I'm not that fussed about talking about that, but Overall, I think there were lots and lots of positives. There were questions to come up yesterday. There were answers produced. Really, really positive result for me. I think Newcastle are, are on fire at the minute. And I think we're going to a much needed two weeks off to try and get some bodies back on the training pitch and on the first team pitch, which will massively uh, accelerate our charge towards the top four this season and hopefully Champions League progression. That's what it's all about. That These are the things for which we compete. We also have a really tasty cup tie. At Manchester United to, to play as well so two weeks off for everyone to recharge and then we'll come back and do it again and we've put ourselves in a fantastic position all if buts and maybes, but if Newcastle had held on for the win yesterday there'd be two would be three points behind Man City and Liverpool which wouldn't be bad considering the starts that those clubs have had and how, how much they've been talked up and how much Newcastle have been talked down things are pretty good at the minute I think for Newcastle United we'll leave it there thanks so much for listening thanks to you guys for doing this with me we'll have another free podcast uh well next weekend probably when we're maybe look back at the first two years uh, of new ownership if you can even call it new at newcastle united so come and join us for that we're on patreon of course it's between three and eight pounds a month we've got loads of podcasts over the next two weeks and beyond for you to come and listen to and keep your newcastle united podcast buzz speak to you all very soon Bye bye